Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro, and welcome to episode five of Med Lasso. I am delighted to be continuing this series with my friend, Dr. Syed Tabatabai, and we have a special guest to join us on episode five of Med Lasso, breaking down episode six of the wonderful show, Ted Lasso, episode six of season two, and this is a really, really fun one. You're going to love it. Before we get to the conversation, a thank you to Lori Bedkin, Creighton University, for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree executive fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. As I said, my guests in episode five of Med Lasso are my co-host, Dr. Syed Tabatabai, and we are joined by the wonderful Dr. Shika Jane. Dr. Jane is an oncologist in Chicago, and she is also the creator and director of the Women in Medicine Summit, which is coming up in late September. We've got all the links you need. The Women in Medicine Summit is a truly extraordinary event. Dr. Jane is a visionary. She's been on Explore the Space before, actually, this time last year to talk about last year's event, and we'll link those episodes in the show notes. We'll have links to the Women in Medicine Summit so you can check it out. She joins us to help dive in and break this episode down, and we really get into uh, a statement that leapt out at all of us in the episode, Woman Up. And it was just a fun conversation. We took it from there. This was a great discussion about a really powerful episode of television that I think you are all going to really enjoy. Before we get to it, I got to call out something really special that's happening on Twitter. Hashtag MedLasso is really finding a life for itself, and it's amazing to see it. Please do join the conversation on Twitter. And when you're talking about this stuff, please do put that hashtag MedLasso on it. Because going back and searching for that hashtag and seeing all the amazing comments and insights that are popping up is really, really fun. And it's a great way to keep building this connection around the shared experience that we're all having. You can find Explore the Space wherever you like to download your shows. You can find the archive of Med Lasso at www.explorethespaceshow.com. And there's also a link to it in the show notes. You can find me on Twitter at ETS Show. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. And you can find Explore the Space podcast and the Med Lasso episodes wherever you like to download your show. So please do subscribe, give us that five-star rating and review, and definitely share the show with your friends and colleagues. It really helps us out. You're going to love this one. Woman Up, Med Lasso episode five with Dr. Syed Tabatabai and Dr. Shika Jane. Let's go. Syed, welcome back. This is episode five of Med Lasso. Are you ready to go? I'm so ready to go. We have one of our favorites joining us tonight. Dr. Shika Jane is here. Shika is an old friend of Explore the Space, and she's joining us for an episode of Med Lasso, and she's going to be brave enough to come in the locker room with Mark and Syed. Shika, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm not going to lie, Shika. I feel like I had to harangue you more than necessary to get you <laughs> caught up. I will take full responsibility for that. There's a variety of reasons which we'll talk about today, but I'm so glad you forced me to start watching. 
Syed, who are you having to like really needle to be like, dude, you ha- or, or ma'am, you really have to like, like saddle up. Let's go. You know, funnily, my dad, <laughs> my dad is a huge soccer fan and he loves comedies. And I'm like, you know, he, he always comes up with some excuse, but I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him sooner or later. All right. It's like that old skit that the original Ted Lasso skit. So he thinks it's kind of cheesy, but I'm trying to tell him it's a different show. So we'll see. My dad and I were just talking a little while ago and he said he watched the first season. He thought it was okay. He watched the first episode of season two. And he's like, that was the one where the soccer ball hit, hit the dog. I said, yeah, dad, it was. He said, yeah, I didn't like that. I, said, I know, I know, but you got to dig deep. Come, yeah. on, come back. Shika, you and I have a shared mutual friend that we really need to get started. Vinny Aurora is holding out and I'm, I'm getting upset. I'm going to work on it. I'm working on her. I'm working on her hard for my end, but she doesn't have access to what I think. So we got to figure out how to get her access to the show. She should have baked that into her Dean's contract. Like <laughs> the, university, the university should be paying all their faculty the $6.99 a month for Apple TV. All right, let's get going. We've got a big episode to unpack. Episode six just happened. It's the midway point of the second season of Ted Lasso. This is episode five of Med Lasso, so we're a little bit off, but that's okay. There's a ton to unpack, but there's there's a really nice symmetry of why Shika's here. You know, Shika, you are known and well-established as a real visionary in leadership development, leadership creation, particularly around gender equity and elevating women who wish to rise in leadership. And you've done that with your Women in Medicine Summit, which is coming up, and you will absolutely get to plug, and we'll have links in the show notes for it. It's an extraordinary event. It's it's coming up in September. This episode, and I think every episode is is heavy with leadership content, but this one in particular had a single phrase, two words that really jumped off the screen. I mean, my wife and I looked at each other like, yeah. <laughs> what are those two words? Woman up. Woman up. Syed, when you heard woman up, did you have any sort of like response? Was it like, because this show has a knack of throwing grenades. Some of them go off, some of them don't. How did that land on you when you heard it? Uh, same as you. You know, I, I know our listeners can't see our facial reactions, but you know, the arched, the arched eyebrows and that wide-eyed. And, and the interesting thing is the show, sometimes it drops wisdom on you that that's so, it's like earth-shaking, but it's also so natural. And right after he said it, I'm like, of course, you know, of course. Well, no, it made total sense. But yeah, I had the same reaction you guys just said. For you, Shika, what made it stand out? Was there anything about it that was different or was it the the context? What about it really made it feel like, ah, this was lofty and this was cool and it merits a med lasso discussion? So two things. So I have to say, and I told you this before we started recording, that Keely was actually my least favorite character and part of the reason I almost did not watch this show because of my own implicit bias. She walked on and I was like, oh my gosh, they put this beautiful model who's like the token girlfriend who is just going to be in the episodes because she's pretty and she's going to, you know, be there like that stereotype. And very quickly I learned she actually is now my favorite character because she's so wise and she gives such good advice and she's so blunt and she's so honest. And so when she said woman up, I literally looked at the TV And I was like, I'm going to start saying that because really women are so resilient, no matter what your career trajectory, your non-career trajectory, your professional, your personal life, women are so resilient in the face of so many things. And it just makes sense to say woman up. I mean, how many times do you hear of the challenges that your female colleagues go through and 
they don't even blink an eye. 90% of the time, they probably are going things through things that you don't even know about. And so the idea of this concept of woman up, it just came so naturally out of her mouth. And really, she has been is exemplifying that. And she's been using that mentality to inspire and encourage the other players, um, the big boss. Like she literally is using that phrase and she, she exemplifies it in herself. And then she shows others how to woman up. And I think it just, it's like the perfect phrase to use in daily life. And I I am going to start using it. I tried it on my kids the other day. They laughed, but I think it's going to, I think it's going to work when I start throwing it more often. One of the things that I learned about from you, too, is that, uh, and we've talked about this before, is the idea of being an upstander. And when it was said, everyone looks over at Ted like, fuck is that? Like, how do we respond to this? And he's like, well, yeah, right. He immediately validated it. And it's like, this is why the, the creators of the show are so smart and why they have a vision of how we are supposed to interact and help each other and, and evolve as teammates and leaders and friends. That's so spot on. It wasn't forced. It wasn't it wasn't silly. He wasn't making a joke. It was totally genuine. Syed, did it land on you like that too when Ted responded to the woman up comment? Yeah, he was just instantly supportive. And it made me think about what woman up means, um, you know, in, in terms of, I can't remember if it's Ted or Coach Beer, but one of them said, you've been doing this man up thing and it's not working, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. you've both been manning up and it's not working. And so I was like, well, woman up, you know, is a constructive way to actually solve the problem, you know, as opposed to the man up approach, which is sort of a, kind of a self-centered, ego-driven, you know, clash of, of, of wills in a way. But yeah, I, I love the way Ted was instantly on board with that. He, he saw the yeah. wisdom and he was behind it. Totally. And I think that that's such a critical thing is that when we have chances to back up a great comment like that from someone that perhaps you might not have expected to say it, we should never, ever miss that opportunity. And it was just super compelling to see it. Normally, we let people plug things at the end, but this is a perfect place, I think, for us to just quickly plug the Women in Medicine Summit, because to be able to do that, both for men and for women, there is something of a skill set, and there is something of a, I don't know, for lack of a better term, just a normalization of the concept. Shika, how much of this fits into the philosophy of the Women in Medicine Summit, and how do people find out about it? So much, so much. So Women in Medicine was created to help women like empower themselves and help women create what they wanted in their professional and personal lives. But we also have a lot of programming that involves allyship and upstander. We actually have a leadership development program for men to show them how you can be more inclusive leaders. Like the best example I could say in the show would be when Ted Lasso is sitting there and they're having girl talk and he tries to give his advice right away and they shush him. And he was like, oh, so this is my time to listen. And he actually listened and you can actually give better advice when you listen as opposed to bulldozing the conversation. So there's so many different skills and trips and tips and tricks that men and women can use to be better allies in specific situations. Because I can tell you, I don't know if I always react the way that I should. And I've learned so much from the summit and from the people who speak. So I think that, you know, programming like what we do with the Women in Medicine Summit and the longitudinal program that we're doing, it's teaching men and women how to woman up, but also how to be an upstander and how not to be a bystander and how to implement change in the moment, as opposed to thinking an hour later, oh, shoot, I should have done this or I should have said this. It's sending you home with tools to help you make actionable, intentional change in your organizations, in your institutions or in your own life in the moment, which I think is such a special skill. And it's hard to teach, but we have amazing faculty who have dedicated their lives to, to teaching other people how to do this type of thing. 
I think it's it's great that we can kind of fold that in because I've been a big supporter of the Women in Medicine Summit, and I think that what you're doing is is tremendous. And I love that obviously this thing that we're all uniting around within our profession that so many people are enjoying kind of get to see those concepts as well. But I want to call something else out, and it's one of the few times, and obviously this is intentional, but one of the deepest longest suffering characters on the show, right? This is a show about being supportive. This is a show about kindness and empathy and acknowledging those around you and supporting them. The person who is suffering, perhaps not maybe it's not a competition, but suffering deeply and suffering longitudinally, everybody's missed it. Everyone has, no one's seen it. Everyone has thought everything is okay and hasn't been able to intervene until now halfway through season two. And obviously it's Ted and we've seen him have a panic attack in season one, and now we see what happens in the middle of season two. There's only one person that knows about any of this. Even Coach Beard, I don't think, fully grasped it. Syed, do you think that the construct of allowing Ted to be this ebulliently positive, rich character that is suffering, right? I think I texted you, he's the sad clown. Mm. To have it last this long, do you think that was intentional? I absolutely think so. I think there's, uh, you know, I've sort of given up on the idea that things happen by chance in this show. You know, there's there's way too much thought that's going into it. And, yeah. you know, the it sort of mirrors season one, episode six, too, because that's where he had the the breakdown, you know, um, outside. I think after she was singing, uh, um, uh, let it go. Right. Right. And uh, I, I think they're deliberately doing this. You know, on the Internet, a lot of people were drawing that parallel between Robin Williams and, and you know, the idea of the, the happy outgoing buoyant person being the one carrying the heart you know those burdens and using it to mask it up so yeah i definitely think so and the contrast between this huge victory against uh you know against this uh, the greatest team out there right yeah exactly exactly and you're contrasting that elation with the lowest point right and him hearing his son's voice echoing in in the roars of the crowd i think it was it was incredibly powerful and totally deliberate so then, Shika, we, we look at our own profession. We look at our teammates and colleagues. Do you Can you off the top of your head think of people who you think they are relentlessly positive? Is this someone who is actually using that as a shield or a buffer so that we're not seeing the hurt, the sad, the anxiety? Oh, so, so many. I mean, myself personally, I've gone through incredibly tough and challenging times and 99.9% of the people out there don't know about it. And I always tell people social media is a great way to live through somebody else's life looking through rose colored glasses, right? People say things to me or to my colleagues who are very successful. Oh my gosh, you must be so happy. You're so amazing. You've got a family, you've got a career, you're doing so much stuff. They have no idea what's going on behind the curtain. And so, and the sad thing is, especially in healthcare, we aren't allowed oftentimes to talk about those things. We don't have that space. And the last year and a half has shown, I mean, how hard physicians and other healthcare workers have really had to dig deep to to continue to do our jobs. But there are so many people out there who really are suffering deeply, but we would never know because they put on a brave face. They put on this happy face and you have no idea what's boiling beneath the surface. Sayed, for you, how much of when you're making rounds in the hospital, when you're seeing patients in clinic, when you're taking your own call and the ED is calling you, how much of it is that sense of I have to put on a brave face. They can't, they just can't see a chink in the armor right now. I've got to, I've got to hold it together. 
yet again, it's the last thing I want to do, but I've got to, I've got to saddle up. How, how frequently does that happen? All the time, all the all time. The yeah. Time. All the time. <laughs> Every day. In fact, it's yeah. kind of the, for me, social media is a little bit of the opposite in a way, uh, as Shika, as Shika was describing it in the sense that, you know, often better than anyone else I interact with the darkness of the place I'm in based on what I'm writing about, because I sort of, I write to express, you know, so a lot of times I channel that into my writing, but the guy you see every day and interact with is cheerful and upbeat, you know, even, even when it's uh, really, really difficult. It's interesting that you say that because there have been times where you've tweeted things and I've texted you yeah. and said, man. And Shika, same for you. I have made an intentional choice of Twitter is my place of being positive. I share positive content, not all the time, but mostly. Um, I try to pass lots of compliments and I love it and it feels right and genuine, but I don't share when I'm struggling on social media. I just don't. Um, and it might not be it might not be the right adaptation because like Shika said, I'm, I'm presenting everything through road rose colored glasses, but I'm walking the same road as you all. Um, it's, it's just a weird tension. I don't quite know the answer because when I go there, I don't spend a ton of my time on the timeline. I spend most of it just like mentions and then looking at your guys feeds to see what you've been <laughs> talking about and, you know, people that I follow regularly and replying and that works for me, but it definitely can send off a message of like, mark or whomever everything is great and it's totally not i think that you know that is oftentimes just our careers our professions what we do i mean i'm an oncologist right i see sad sad things every day um i also see happy things but my personality has always been to be an eternal optimist i'm my friends always tell me i'm the positive person and if i'm ever depressed they they're like what's wrong with you something horrible must have happened but that's a problem because i get that too and it's like but then shit what if i am depressed and i need to talk to someone about it? yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's I think it's I think it's the struggle of being that constant optimist. But I think, you know, I think that the show did a really good job of showing the fact that somebody who is always so positive and is always trying to lift up others. I think that's so important. He's always trying to make others be the best they can be. And lifting as he rises is kind of, you know, the phrase that I love using. Despite the fact that he's working so hard to do that, he has such internal, deep emotional strife that he is hiding. But at the same time, he is helping all of these other people. And so a lot of times people use their ability to help others and lift up others and guide others and make other people better. They use that as a distraction so they don't have to worry or think about the things that are happening internally. And I think for him, at least from what we saw in the show, it got to the point where it was just too overwhelming. It was too much. It was such a small thing where his son forgot his lunch at home that set this he didn't forget his lunch he got hurt oh he I got hurt his, i think his son got hurt i don't think his i think he was lying i think he said oh he got because he said is he okay i don't think i rewatched it i'm like there's no way his son oh. just left his lunch i think his son got hurt or something happened and it, it, th th that was not a forgotten lunch that was way way worse i think that's my guess but interesting i missed yeah. that well yeah. the the fact that one phone call could make such an impact when he's yeah. so far away i mean but i can understand it like my kids my, when my kids get sick and i can't go pick them up it just happened actually one of my kids was sick this week not covid got tested it's not covid but he's 3 and i was rounding i'm on inpatient service and the school called me my entire team is sitting there and i was like i'm really sorry give me a minute I 
need to figure out what's going on. I called the nanny. I was like, I know you're not supposed to be working these hours. Can you go pick up my son? And I felt so helpless because I couldn't just leave the hospital to go pick up my sick child. And I wasn't an ocean away. I was only, you know, 20 minutes away, but still it's such a feeling of helplessness. So I can understand how being so far away from your child, if something were to happen, whether it was a lost lunch or he got injured or whatever it may be, that feeling of helplessness as a parent, I think I, I can understand how that would trigger the, this emotional roller coaster for him. So Syed, seeing that there may have been this opportunity missed for those around Ted who were drawing so much from him to maybe miss the opportunities to give back to him, how big of a like home run derby pitch is this for the next six episodes for all these wonderful people around him to really kind of come together and build their skill sets and step up for their coach and do all those sorts of things? I think it's going to be amazing to witness. It's really powerful to see, you know, the love you put into people come back to you, you know, and see that swell of support. And, you know, going back to the writing, I don't want to make this all about me, but, you know, one of the reasons I I write about the tough times is that that med Twitter is and it can be an incredibly supportive place. And I don't think I would have gotten through COVID without, I mean, I would have gotten through it, but I wouldn't be the same person without the support of everybody, like you texting me, hey, buddy, you okay, after one of those stories. And, to you know, I, I can't wait to see Ted get that love back from his team because he's created more than a team, right? At this point, they're a family. You know, the Christmas episode really kind of solidified that. So I, want, I can't wait to see the family support their, you know, their, their guy. Speaking of family support, Syed, it's time for you and I to support Shika through the trip to the locker room. Are we ready? Oh boy, let's let's do this. <laughs> We're gonna have to find the right time. So so Shika, we've been joking about how remember there was lead tasso. One of our <laughs> one one of our guests is gonna come in the locker room and they're not gonna meet Mark and Syed. They're gonna meet Sark and Mayed, and it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. And now I'm nervous about the locker room. I feel like I should have brought like a beer with me or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be another interesting one is we could do like a, a we could do a, a drunk med lasso and like not edit, you know, not post it, just do it for fun. <laughs> Just like for us, but yeah. All right, so let's get ready. And we're gonna we're gonna mix this up because the questions, right? We want you to be able to dive into the bit. We also need Syed to get into the into the batter's box and take a few big swings. But let's start off easy. We'll ease you into this. What is your ruling on tea? I love tea. I'm Indian. I love tea. Actually, I love chai. All right, that's fair. That's fair. What is your ruling on shortbread and how angry were you when you saw me eating one that I had baked freshly this afternoon? I am so <laughs> jealous and I love shortbread, especially with my chai. My mom taught me you have to have a little something sweet every time you have chai. So I'm planning on making those those shortbread cookies very soon. My think, my biscuits. I think that you should. I'll send you the recipe. It was from my chief resident um, at UCSD and she uh, she shared her recipe with me, Dr. Marlene Millen. She was an awesome chief resident. It's kind of cool. Like once you're chief resident, you're a forever chief resident. It's great. Love it. Syed, what what is going to be your ideal cookie slash biscuit to go with your with your tea or your beverage of choice? Well, this is a I don't know. Shika probably knows this. You, you, I don't know if you've heard of this, Mark. Have you heard of Rusk? I Dude, love Rusk. <laughs> like teething for my boy. Yeah, man. Yeah, there you go. I didn't know how much of that was like a like a busy thing or whether that was. Uh, but yeah, I love Rusk. That that's like. It's it's almost inedible, but then you add it to chai and it becomes like incredible. I love it. 
I'm like having, I'm having a freak out over here because every morning I have a cup of chai and rusk and I literally get it from like the Indian store. And that is what I have for breakfast every single morning. It's like the teething biscuit in South Africa. So my, all my cousins grew up eating it. I, oh, that's I, incredible. I, I oh yeah. That's but it's kind you know. of funny. Remember when, remember when Ted Lasso has the only time we ever see English breakfast cereal? He said, yeah, I had a piece of cereal. That's yeah. a perfect like, example of where we're at. Like, clonk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. Shika, how much would you want to do a session with Dr. Sharon Fieldstone? I think I would be really scared to do a session with her because I think she would get really deep and I don't know if I emotionally would be able to handle it. Um, so I, I'd be scared to do it, but I think it would probably be really good for me, to be honest. I think we all need an appointment. Syed, how much of a Tottenham Hotspur supporter are you now? There's only one answer. Uh, oh, man, there's only one answer. 110 percent. That's a good answer. You did it. <laughs> All right. You're still you're still on the show. Shik a same question. How big of a Tottenham Hotspur fan are you? 120%. Oh, oh, all right. I like it. I like it. I like it. That's very good. Syed, you need to now take your big swing and you can ask the question that you want to ask to either Shika, myself, or both of us go. Who did you guys think Rebecca was texting? In the app, who did you guys think was in the other Shika, end of that? Shika, you go first, and then I'll. Answer. I thought I thought it was Ted, but then I was like, "That's too obvious." So I did not, I did not guess correctly. I I couldn't think of who else it could be outside of Ted, but I at one point thought it might be Beard, Coach Beard. Oh, nice. My wife will vouch for me on this. I know in the last episode, I speculated that it might be Rupert. I actually, in season one, in season one, I thought, oh, they're going to get together. And then when they started with the texting, I said, I think it's Sam. My, Jessica will, will back me on that. I think I called it. I'm, That's awesome. I'm delighted. I'm so proud. I couldn't be more. It's like an achievement of my life. This, this is my connection that I talked about earlier. Uh, now, I didn't come up with this. I read this on the internet. But apparently, season one, episode six, two aces, the one where they think there's a curse, the person who goes to get Rebecca is Sam. He walks in there and the first thing Rebecca says is, I don't date, you know, players or anything like that. It's almost like a rom-com me cute. He's like, no, 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 I'm not here for that. Although I'm sure you get that all the time as you're very beautiful and stuff. We need you down there. <laughs> so that was interesting. You know, the exact same episode a season ago. You know what it was about that scene that got me is that when he walked in, Rebecca stood up. And oh. I remember I looked, I looked at Jess and I said, mm, it's on, it's on. <laughs> Wow. She doesn't stand up. She doesn't stand up for anybody. Yeah. Else. She stood up when Sam came, when when Sam Obasanya came in the room. Big number twenty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Anyway, I never would have made that connection. You guys are obviously <laughs> better than me at this. <laughs> Watch a lot of TV. I think. Shika, a bold prediction for the show. We're at the halfway point of season two. What's a bold prediction? I think I think that Ted is going to take a sabbatical and I think Roy is going to have to step up. I think that he's going to take have to take some time off, some mental health time off. And I think Roy and and Nate and Coach Beard are going to have to step up. That's my prediction. That I'll, I'm just I'm I'm backing you because imagine if that happened. Imagine if we get to see. What happens when the captain of the ship says, I'm taking a break, Naomi Osaka style? Like, I can't, I, I need to step aside. Simone Biles, right? They've set the table. They've shown us how it's done. They've already kind of womaned up, for lack of a better term. I think that we can use that safely here. Imagine if, like, Ted Lasso says, I'm, I'm out. And what that would mean, like, when we all talk about, hey, this is really hard, 
what would happen if we stepped aside when we're actually really, really struggling? Because very, very few of us actually do it. That's a great prediction, and I love it. Saya, do you want to amend any predictions, or do you want to jump on the Ted Lasso sabbatical bandwagon? Because we got such a great prediction. I like any prediction I do now is gonna. <laughs> I, I can't think. That's an amazing. That's an awesome prediction, and I'm with that really one. Good. That's really, that really, really, good. really good one. Shika, you're in the locker room. And since when we're in the locker room and the music's playing and we're all eating and drinking, anyone is allowed to say whatever they want. So what, what's a question that you have for Syed? Syed, how do you keep doing what you do? Like, honest to God, how do you keep how one? How do you find the time to throw <laughs> these incredible threads? And two, how I know you said that it's great to get the med Twitter support. But how do you do that? I don't like social media and tweeting and all that stuff. I had to take a break from it because I was getting so overwhelmed for a bit. How do you keep doing it and being so real when you're doing it? That's a great question. I think with social media, it, it's a bit like a, a raging river and you, you have to be careful how much you submerge of yourself in there because you can get carried away by it very quickly. So if you notice, my, my tweeting is very kind of, I usually tweet once or twice a day. It's usually around noon uh, Eastern because that's when I'm on lunch break. Um, I usually write late at night before I go to sleep. And I usually do about one thread per week on average. And whether or not I have an idea, sometimes I don't have anything to write about and it can be weeks before I write something. But usually it's a thought that's swirling around in my head or a reaction I have. And part of my problem in real life is, or I don't know if it's a problem, it's just the way I am, is I'm not great at thinking in the moment. <laughs> so stuff happens in the moment and then I process it later. I'm like, wow, I should have said this or I should have done that. Or, you know, other thoughts about it bubble to the surface. And I guess I've always loved writing. So it's, it's just a way to, to deal with that. And uh, the med Twitter support, honestly, has been incredible. I was writing way before I had anyone reading what I was writing, but to find people reading it and having it resonate is also uh, really powerful for me. It's really, you know, validating. And um, my best, the best feeling in the world is when people will DM me or respond saying, you know, thank you for writing this. It, it, you know, it helped to, to, to hear that somebody else feels the same way, or this helped me get through this or this, you know, to be able to help someone through doing something you love doing anyway is, is just a great blessing and a gift. And that's why I do it. And I'm sure you've heard this before. You're phenomenal at oh, it. Oh, thank I mean, you so much. really phenomenal thank at it. Thank you. Thank you. I've actually, you know, the thing about, thank you, that's so kind. But uh, the thing about Twitter is I think it's made me better because when I look at my early threads, I didn't really have the concept of tweet one tweet leading to the next. But Twitter forces you to be ruthless and you have to get to the, what's the nugget I'm writing about? You have to chop off every unessential thing and then just sparse words, get to the point, even though I write like 20 tweet threads, but uh, you know, it, it forces you to, to be more spare. And I think that makes the writing better for me at least. So where do people find all of your great stuff, Syed? At the real Dr. T. That's my Twitter on, handle. On Twitter. On Twitter, on Twitter, right. on Twitter not on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. It's, on, it's on Twitter. Can yeah. we just not even talk about any other yeah. channel besides? I, I can't. I just, yeah, we're, we're done. <laughs> I can't. I can't even. Shika, you've got the Women in Medicine Summit coming up. How do people find it? How do they learn more about it? How do they sign up? 
So Women in Medicine Summit, it's uh, womeninmedicinesummit.org is a website and you can sign up anytime. The conference is September 24th and 25th and it's virtual uh, this year because of COVID. Um, the content's available for a full year. So even if you can't make it live in person during the virtual conference, you will have access to all of the lectures for a full year. Um, and if you have five or actually if you have four friends who want to sign up with you, we have group discounts for five or more. And if your organization wants to pay for five people to come, you can be listed as a friend of the summit on the website. Um, and I will tell you, and I'm saying this objectively, I know I run it and I started it. So I have obviously some bias, but I learned so much as the chair of this conference, just listening to the people talk. Our speakers are so next level. I mean, we've got everybody from Dr. Kimberly Manning to Dr. Lucy Kalanithi. We've got um, Dr. Helen Burston. We've got Drs. Brandy Jackson and Brittany James. Um, we have Dr. Nisha Mehta. We've got Dr. Mark Shapiro. We have Mark Hurtling, who's also a doctor, but he's a PhD. Um, so I like to throw that in there because he is brilliant. We just have a phenomenal lineup of speakers. And it's not just the lectures. It's not just sitting there and listening to people talk. There's breakouts, there's workshops, and there's take-home skills. And I think that's really the biggest thing because I go to so many conferences and I leave and I'm like, okay, that was awesome. Now what the heck am I supposed to do for the next year until I go back to this conference? So we actually send you home with toolkits. And not only that, if you attend, you actually get networking and mentorship opportunities and sponsorship opportunities. I've had people attend who got job opportunities because they attended the summit or grand round speaking opportunities. So I don't want to toot my own horn, but the conference is amazing and the people who attend are really just incredible. And I learned so much and I'm humbled by the fact that people find the content useful. So um, I encourage everybody to at least check out our website. We have a Twitter handle at WIM Summit as well. Um, and you can always DM me on Twitter. Um, I'm at Shika Jane MD. I'm happy to plug the conference as well. You're a visionary and the w the Women in Medicine Summit is awesome. So I'm glad you got to come on. The timing just worked out the way it should. So people have plenty of time to register. We did it. We're done. The locker room is closed. Shika, thank you so much for coming on Med Lasso. It was a blast to have you. I am so honored. I literally have been wanting to be on this since the day you launched. So I am absolutely thrilled and honored that you guys uh, invited me to be a part of this incredible series. Syed, I think we got to circle it back next week, man. I know we had talked about, yeah, we'll do a mid-season one and we'll do an end of year wrap. I don't think we can no. do that. I think we got to keep it coming. I think we got to go weekly and just just be brave. Right. right. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. It was, it was right, such pal. a pleasure to have you here, Shaken, and to hear from you. Thanks so much, Syed. Really, you guys are amazing, both of you. This was great, Syed, Shika. Thank you both. We are all done, and we cannot wait for episode seven. Syed, we'll see you next week, buddy. All right. Take care, man. My thanks once again to Syed and Shika for joining me on this outstanding fifth episode of Med Lasso. I hope you really enjoyed it. Definitely check out the archive. You can get caught up on the previous episodes as well. There is a link in the show notes. You can go to www.explorethespaceshow.com as well. Thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. And thank you so much for listening to this. If you enjoyed what you heard, join us on Twitter, hashtag MedLasso, share your comments, share your insights, share what's resonating. The community around it is really wonderful. You'll find outstanding people to follow and to participate in these. This is this wonderful shared experience. It's just great. And I am so excited about all that's happening around it. Hope you are as well. You can find me on Twitter at ETS show. Email me, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. And 
find the whole archive of the show, www.explorethespaceshow.com as well. Wherever you are listening to this, please do hit subscribe. Please do leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. We will be back soon with more great content. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.